Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow, I uh, had one interview with one guy, and uh, it's all anybody can talk about for four days. That one interview uh, was conducted by me, the one guy, President Trump, and uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was kind of a big deal all weekend long. I, I did it Thursday night, right after he got out of jail, and um, uh, on his way back to uh, New Jersey, he was on the plane. We talked for about twenty five minutes about pretty much everything, but number one, what was it like? And uh, this interview was com- was picked up uh, all over the world. Um, not that um, any. Um, Amazing interviewer, although I'm pretty good. Um, you know, look, it was his first comments right out of uh, jail, and people wanted to know. So from everywhere, from the Hindu Times to the New York Times to the, uh, you know, the Marijuana Monthly uh, quoted this story, quoted this um, these remarks from President Trump as he talked to me as he just left jail. You saw the mugshot by now. You know about $7 million, right, uh, in a day, I think, in a day. You know, just like... Just like in the Bible, you remember they put Joseph in that pit, right? Then they threw him in jail and they did all those horrible things to him and and he bounces back and be bigger and better than ever. And that's what's happened to President Trump. But first, um, well, here I am. Go ahead. Mr. President, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Wrong, Why are you with the fuck? wrong, wrong. <laughs> that voice sounded a lot like Tucker Carlson's. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. My interview. My interview. Mr. President, thanks for joining us. <laughs> I'm not making fun of Tucker. I love Tucker, but uh, that's uh, we we sound different. All right, we'll see what we can do about that. Uh, hey, big big uh, thing going on now. It's not in the news yet, um, but it's going to be. So I am told by sources who uh, know the way the world works. All right, they are these these are the people who run the world. All right, you know basically. Um, billionaires, but these are benevolent billionaires and some of these folks, uh, well, they talk to each other and then they, they talk to people in government and they talk to people in media and then they're just plugged in like nobody else. And here's what's about to happen. There is incontrovertible evidence, I am told, that shows Joe Biden is a thoroughly corrupt politician. The audio tape will perhaps show him either accepting a bribe himself or facilitating a bribe payment to someone else. Uh, but this is going to just blow everything wide open and blow Joe Biden up, um, metaphorically speaking. Okay, he will be finished. He will have to withdraw from the race and he will have to withdraw, perhaps, from the presidency. The race, the campaign, absolutely. No doubt about it. He's he'll, he will be done, and uh, the White House is bracing for this. I have I've been told uh, it's out there. There may be more than one tape, but there is at least one tape uh, that is in existence, and it will do irreparable harm to Joe Biden's political viability. It might even land him in jail. Who knows what? But it's as bad as you can imagine. 
I have not heard this tape. I am told, and I trust my sources. We will see what happens. And again, I'm not, you know, I mean, is this, this is more than a rumor. This is, but this is, um, well, look, doesn't it make sense, right? Everything we've seen from this guy, everything we know about him, everything, uh, and how the Russians and the Ukrainians and the Chinese, especially Ukraine, you know what they do? They tape everything. They tape everything. They get in a car to drive to the laundromat. They, they actually record it. They have little cameras in front of their car. They, they just record everything. They record conversations in business. They record, um, you know, we can do that. Everybody has a tape recorder if they have a phone. But generally speaking, that's frowned upon, right? I mean, nobody really does that. Some people do. We have laws uh, regarding that. Sometimes it's legal. Sometimes it's not. Uh, this is not a country, uh, Ukraine, Russia, that's known for their uh, laws and uh, <laughs> kind of anything goes. As we saw, I mean, Putin just killed a guy and is walking around with a big smile on his face. <laughs> What do you think? What do you think uh, he thinks of America, where they try to throw Donald Trump in jail for taking an envelope? <laughs> right? You see, you see how we might be at a disadvantage. Now, I don't like their system. I don't want their system. I love uh, uh, you know, law and order and uh, democracy and a constitutional republic. They don't have any of that. They, they, that's authoritarianism. Uh, but <laughs> uh, Putin doesn't have to put up with that kind of stuff. We do. Because and the real criminals, oh, by the way, are the ones who are trying to uh, throw Donald Trump in jail. They are the real ones. They're going to go down. They're going to go down um, in the tr- tr- ash heap of history. Ultimately, now right now they may be sitting pretty uh, because the New York Times still writes nice things about them and pretends that they're the guardians of uh, democracy, but they are not. It is the it is a total opposite. Um, so remember that. Okay, it's going to happen sometime in September maybe October, that we will have um, evidence that shows Joe Biden. It's one of the reasons why he's behaving the way he's behaving. You know, like he goes on vacation, he goes to the beach, screw you, right? He knows his time is up. He knows that. And even if there wasn't an audio tape, uh, he knows that he can't run for president. He can't. He cannot. It's just, it's obvious. He's always, he's just a walking, and everybody around him knows it. And they're they're thinking that Gavin Newsom is going to be the guy. Um, and actually, Gavin Newsom, other than the hair, other than, you know, the size 32 waist or whatever he has, it's nothing there. All right. He's got some baggage. Actually, he's got one big bag of baggage and it's called California. Right. He, he can never be elected by America unless, of course, they screw with the election and they just might. So I still stand by my prediction that it will be Michelle Obama will be the uh, the nominee. Uh, Donald Trump cruising, cruising. To the nomination. It's only, by the way, four months away until the Iowa caucus. Four months away. Some people who hate Trump in the Republican Party keep telling me, well, you know, he's, uh, other people are doing really well in Iowa and, uh, you know, that would, you know, he could lose Iowa and he could, like, well, you know, even if he did, which I don't think he will, he lost it in 2016. (laughs) He lost it in 2016. What's that? You got my, oh, you got my, all right. He lost it in 2016. And uh, to Ted Cruz, people forget, hey, in 2020, Pete Buttigieg, of all people, won Iowa. Uh, Biden came in like fourth. So Iowa isn't all that. But uh, all right. So here it is. Right. OK, here's a little portion of my conversation with President Trump from Thursday night, right after he got out of jail. So we are joined now on the phone by President Trump. He is in Trump Force One, the aircraft, I believe, somewhere over the United States. Mr. President, welcome back to the show. How are you? 
I'm very good, Greg, and thank you very much. And I will tell you that Byron is fantastic. He Byron is a Donalds. star on the rise. He's great. A fantastic job and a great Republican and great patriot. Yeah, we're crazy about him, and I love that you guys are allies. So, Mr. President, the fourth time uh, you were in custody today, it's totally absurd, uh, in my opinion. But uh, what was it like? How do they treat you? What was the experience like today in, in jail? Terrible experience. Uh, I came in, I was treated very nicely, but uh, it's, uh, it is what it is. I took a mugshot, which I never heard the words mugshot. That wasn't, didn't teach me that at the Wharton School of Finance. And uh, I have to go through a process. It's uh, election interference. You know that better than anybody. You cover it so well. You just a fantastic job, I have to tell you, for the listeners. Fantastic job, Greg. But, it's a very sad experience, and it's a very sad day for our country. This is a weaponized Justice Department, and all of these indictments and cases. I have a couple of cases that are not indictments. It's just cases where you have these left lawyers suing uh, on, like, a woman that I never saw before other than that day. She took a picket 25 years ago on a, uh, on a line, on a uh, contributor's line or something, or charity line. Uh, everything, it's just like one thing after the the next. And what they want to do is they want to try and wear you out, which never do. But they want to wear you out. It's just an absolute horrible thing that they're doing. And I've never seen anything like it. This is third world country. And I really believe they're getting hit by it. You know, we were going, there were tremendous crowds in Atlanta. And they were so friendly. No friendly, but this is a radical left district attorney, as we have in New York and as we have in all the other places, whether it's district attorney or AGs, we have that in New York. They're going after me all for nothing. I mean, the AG case, they have no case against me at all. They do it to try and get elected, but they also do it in, in court with the Department of Injustice in Washington. Well... Uh, and it goes on. We talked for about 20 minutes, but there's a, that was, that was like kind of the headline. What was it like? And he said everyone was nice to him, but it was still a unpleasant experience. And it went on from there. It was a privilege to talk to him. And you know what? Like he says, <laughs> this is such corruption. You know, that Letitia James, attorney general of New York state, how does she have that office? How does she have, uh, investigators? All right. We pay for those investigators, but she, she ran as a Democrat to get Donald Trump. We all know that she said it out loud. And that case, he is so right is such there is no case there whatsoever she doesn't know a damn thing about anything she is an ignorant silly woman all right and i am no real estate expert okay but i used to live in lower manhattan and i keep an eye i've always been intrigued by what a building costs because i fantasize sometimes boy i'd like to buy that building and i actually became pretty good i can tell two things i can tell um how old a building is and based on reading a couple of uh stories you know this building sold for that much uh, that building sold for this much. I kind of have a vague idea what buildings cost. I do actually. And I'm, I'm, I'm usually right within a couple of million dollars. Uh, my frame of reference and granted it's before the fall of, um, uh, the economy in 2008 was when Jared Kushner bought that building on sixth Avenue, uh, for a billion dollars, right? I mean, that's like, that was a very famous moment. When he bought that building. And yes, uh, the property values uh, decreased after that. And then they came back and where, so when Letitia James is trying to say that, um, 40 Wall Street was overvalued by uh, President Trump, I think President Trump put it at 
500 million and she said it was actually worth 250 million. I know that's not true. I also know that, um, even if there was that discrepancy, it doesn't mean anything. All right. Independent appraisers come in and say what it's worth. And it's just, it's ludicrous, but they're counting on people's ignorance. They're counting on people's apathy, not only with that case, but all these other cases, ignorance and apathy. And that's what they got, quite frankly, with most people these days, right? Because we're all smoking pot and watching the Netflix. And to the extent that we listen to the fake news, the corporate media dominates and they vilify President Trump uh, 24-7. So most people who are not engaged think that this guy is a monster. And it's so untrue. It is so unfair. The real monster, in my opinion, is uh, is Joe Biden. I mean, the guy is a psychopath, a narcissist psychopath. Wait a second. I thought President Trump. No, 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 no. You got it all wrong. Uh, Joe Biden went in. You know, think about it for a second. When he became a senator at the age of 29, gets elected, Joe Biden. What did he have to offer anybody? What did he have to offer? What 29-year-old who goes to Joe Blow Law School and has done nothing with his 20s think that thinks that they can be a senator, a United States senator? It's politics really is the pathway for mediocre people to achieve some sort of stardom, some sort of fame. And Joe Biden exemplifies that, exemplifies it. Remember about Trump, the fame, the money, the power. That's what all the politicians really want. He had all that stuff without politics. He went in, unlike the rest of them, to actually give back. And it's one of the many reasons why they don't understand him and why they hate him and why we love him. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Hey, uh, thanks to Curtis and all the people who turned out at the, the mayor's house, Gracie Mansion. Can't believe Ewick actually gets to uh, call that his crib. But, hey, that's the way things are. You know, when you have primary on the last day of school, some scam that nobody understands called ranked choice voting. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is what you get. Hey, I saw this interesting story, an idea. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but they say that we should handle uh, elected officials kind of like jury duty. All right. So jury duty, you know, when your time is up, you got to go serve and then maybe you're called to be on a jury. Well, the way this guy wants it is, uh, well, when your time's up, you know, they pick your name out of a hat and uh, maybe it's your turn to be a congressman. Huh? Yeah. Like you serve on jury duty. Even if you don't want to, they pick you. Um, you would serve in Congress. Now. That may sound insane, and it kind of is, but it's kind of cool at the same time, because what kind of people would you get running the government? Well, you get regular people, and they possibly, and actually studies indicate that there's a damn good chance that they would do better than the individuals who actually campaign and run for office, because a lot of those guys have something wrong with them, okay? They are, I am the chosen one. I I want to see my name on a poster. I want to be in a commercial. I want to do all this stuff, right? All this narcissistic stuff. I want to stand in front of a crowd and yell and say stuff. Well, um, depending upon who you are, there are people who are qualified to do that. Generally speaking, older people who have already made their money and have made their, you know, now they want to give back. Um, but when you get these 20 somethings and 30 somethings who are just desperate to be somebody, it gets a little bit weird. And uh, this guy was saying, and he said that in ancient Greece, which is like where democracy kind of came from in a way, that that's how they did it. They put all the names of the people who lived in a village in a hat. 
And then they pick the people. I mean, I uh, practically speaking, uh, not going to happen. But I don't know. I don't know. We have some real lowlifes in office these days. All right, so I want to go back to the mansion, uh, Gracie Mansion. What the hell was going on up there? Uh, cut seven, please. Cut seven. We're all for legal migration, and we all have come from somewhere at some point. Uh, but this is unacceptable. This is not left or right politics. This is a crisis that we have in our hands. And this is why we're here, to sort of raise awareness that there is a humanitarian crisis. You want to compromise? Move them all to righteous island. Yeah. I think Curtis was the last guy. Um, look, migrants coming in from all over the place. Who the hell knows who they are, where they come from, what they have, what they don't have, what their values are. you got to come here legally, all right? doesn't matter what you look like. Come here legally. Of course, that makes sense. That's what a mature, responsible country would do. But we're not mature and responsible these days, are we? You know, try to emigrate to the Ivory Coast. See what happens. I don't think you can just show up there and say, okay, uh, uh, Mr. Minister of uh, the Healthcare Department at the Ivory Coast, start giving me stuff. Where's my free phone? It doesn't work that way. In any, Amer- in any country but America, apparently. Let's see here. Cut six. USA! USA! It's closed the border already. This is unsustainable. Mayor Adams has said this is a sanctuary city, but Suffolk County is not sanctuary city. I pay 20k in property tax to live in Comac. Yeah, I love these people. I love that they showed up and they were saying it. I mean, oh, man, I wish I was with you. Instead, I had to go to Legoland. <laughs> yes, I was at Legoland with my two little daughters. Uh, it was it was uh, uh, amazing. Uh, just um, lots of fun up there. The one in I think it's called Goshen. It's about an hour and a half outside of the city. Nice ride up there. Great park. Great rides. Lots of Legos. Um, good food. Good people. Lots of fun. Um, all right. Back here to the Gracie Mansion. Cut five. The demonstration is over now, but the issue is far from over. What to do about the mounting crisis over migrants? Yeah, that's right. ABC 7. They do a pretty good job sometimes, except when that... Uh, Who's the guy who's on at night and doesn't cut his hair? His gray hair, it's all bushy. I think he's from California. That guy. Not a big fan, but whatever. Uh, Eyewitness News. Bring back Bill Butel and uh, Roger Grimsby. Is that possible? Greg Kelly. Entertaining and informative. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. So the man's name is... Vivek, remember that, Vivek, not Vivek, Vivek Ramaswamy. And I got to tell you, he's very, very impressive. And he's got a very good chance of uh, being vice president someday or maybe president in 2028, 2032, who knows, but he's going to be around for a long while. Now, a lot of people I know and trust are coming to me and saying, oh, you're all wrong about this guy, Greg. You're uh, you're giving him too much credit. And they'll say things like, uh, you know, he's uh, very bad on Israel. He wants to cut off aid to Israel, which I don't know if that's in true uh he's they, they say he's given a green light to china to invade taiwan they raise questions about money he may have gotten from um, the soros family uh you know kooky comments allegedly about 9-11 he's too young flash in the pan all that kind of stuff but i gotta stay i like him i do and uh yesterday i saw him on cnn he's also on meet the press but C- uh cnn was really epic and that miserable person, Dana Bash, 
who somehow thinks she's a good debater. She somehow thinks she's good at this. She's not. She's terrible. And uh, something happens here. Let's uh, let's take it from the top. Where's this good one? I think I want to do Vivek Ramaswamy. Ah, here we go. Cut 17. Uh, Stay with me on this one, okay? Cut 17. I want to ask you about a comment that you made about white supremacy in Iowa on Friday. I've never once encountered that yet. I'm sure the I'm sure the boogeyman white supremacist exists somewhere in America. I've just never met him. <laughs> never seen one. Never met one in my life, right? Maybe I'll meet a uh, maybe I'll meet a unicorn sooner. And and maybe those exist too. So, just because somebody hasn't encountered one doesn't mean that the notion of white supremacy doesn't exist as a threat in America. What do you think goes through the minds of the families of the three victims in yesterday's shooting when they hear you say that white supremacy is basically a fantasy? I'm sure they're grieving for their loss, and I don't want to politicize those victims. Dana, this is a very sensitive situation where we should have nothing but foremost respect for those victims and not bring them into partisan politics. But I was responding to a question where someone asked me, what, have I, what racism have I experienced in recent years? And I answered honestly, most of that racism has come from the modern left. It's happening during the course of this campaign. Kara Swisher calling me Rama Smarmy the other day and reveling in, in making twists of my last name. People effectively reducing me to the color of my skin and my attributes. That comes today from the modern left. But the reality well, is, do you this is part of a dogma that white in this country. Does still exist in the United States? I acknowledge that all forms of racial animus exist in the United States, including fringe branches. I mean, that's clearly what was at the at the head of this mentally deranged individual responsible for this shooting. Yes, but I think there are many forms of mental derangement that cause us to see one another on the basis of our skin color and our attributes. And I think what we need to revive, Dana, and it's my job as the leader, hopefully as the next president to do this, to revive our doctrine of e pluribus unum, not just celebrating our diversity and our skin deep attributes, but celebrating what unites us across that diversity. That's what we've forgotten in the United States of America. Our true strength is the set of ideals that unite us. That's my job to revive as our next president. And I think that the next generation in particular is so starved for that starved for commonality, starved for a nation that is unified, bigger than the sum of its parts. That's what we need to recreate in this country. And to those who say the remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination, I say no. The right remedy is actually abandoning all discrimination and moving forward with colorblind meritocracy in the United States of America. You, you, you took it to uh, to another level on Friday in addition to the comment. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. It's kind of interesting, though, and I don't like I think anybody of any race can say, you know, hold any opinion they want. And so I don't like doing this, but I'm going to do it. It is something to behold that (laughs) Dana Bash, who happens to be a white person, is lecturing um, Vivek Ramaswamy, who I guess I could say is a brown person, um, that there is white supremacy, and he says there isn't any. I mean, like, it's not like a, like there is white. Uh, I think he would know better in a way, don't you? Right? Unless she's hanging around with the white supremacists or something like that. I think he would. I think just lecturing this guy about what it's like to be a person of color in America. Now, there is a time and a place where actually you can have that conversation. I just don't like the way it's happening right now. How it's unfolding with her and him. He's a master. She is such an amateur. This guy is. Um, 
He's on fire. And I know some people think, oh, he's just smooth talk. I don't know. I don't know. Can we continue a little bit? Because then it gets a little bit uh, uh, meatier, you might say. Keep going. You took it to uh, to an, another level on Friday. In addition to the comment we played, you took issue with comments from Congresswoman Ayanna Presley. She reportedly said, quote, we don't need any more brown faces that don't want to be a brown, vo- a brown voice. About that, you said... These are the words of the modern grand wizards of the modern KKK. You know, I'm sure, the KKK was responsible for more than a century's worth of horrific lynchings, rapes, murders of black people. How in any way are the views you're talking about comparable to the views and atrocities committed by the KKK? What I said is the Grand Wizards of the KKK would be proud of what they would hear her say, because there's nothing more racist than saying that your skin color predicts something no, about the you content didn't, you of didn't your just viewpoints say that, you or You didn't your just ideas. say they would be proud. You said these are the words of the modern Grand Wizards of the modern KKK. It is the same spirit. You're right about that, Dana. I think it is the same spirit to say that I can look at you and based on just your skin color, that I know something about the content of your character, that I know something about the content of the viewpoints you're allowed to express. For Ayanna Presley to tell okay, me that because of my skin color, I can't express my views, that is wrong. It is divisive. That is it is a, driving hate. That is a debate. Stop for a this second. Div- you know, this Anna, what the hell's her name again? Ayanna Presley is a total whack job, oh, by the way. Totally nuts. You've seen her before. I think she has that s- situation with her... I'm just saying this to so you can recognize her. She happens to be bald. I think it's because of some sort of skin problem. Anyway, that's the way she looks. Just to you know, so you recall who we're talking about. She's crazy. She's a total nut job. She, I mean, I I, I think she hates America. But keep going here, please. Okay, that is a debate. A breaking point. That is a debate that is it. that is based on nonviolent discussion. That you just said you're using rhetoric. What yes. she said, she's using rhetoric. There is that's one thing. And another thing is to say that she represents and she is a a modern version of a KKK, which, as you know, was dedicated to the subjugation and violence against black people. How how on earth is she? Stop for a second. You see, this feels very virtuous. She feels very much like, you know, for a long time. Nobody really talked about race. He didn't really talk about race, but there she's proudly saying they were committed to the subjugation of black people. To say that out loud, I think she's getting a bit of a kick out of that. Now, number one, I can't believe that. You got to note this. All right. Everybody hates the KKK. All right. He was making a comparison, but you know, you see, she's ignoring the whole point. And focusing on this one little thing, right? Well, you say the KKK, but the KKK did this, and she didn't do all of that stuff. It's, well, he's about to call her out on it. Keep going. Wizard let's be intellectually of honest. kind of organization. Let, let's be intellectually honest and get to the heart of what this debate ought to be about. There is a worldview that says that the remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. That if you're black or brown, you have to have a particular point of view. That's from Ibram Kendi. That's from Ayanna Presley, the people can, I quoted in my speech yesterday. But can There's you a have an intellectually have, honest conversation of who you are, when you accuse you her of being a grand wizard Let's of have the, the KKK? Debate. Can you have that intellectually that honest discussion is, with that kind of rhetoric? Yes, I can, Dana, because the point, the point I'm highlighting is that even the people who, in good spirit, we all agree that the KKK was an awful organization that is a toxic stain in our national history. 
So given that we can start from that point of agreement, now that allows us to say, well, who actually sounds more like that organization today? The people who are calling for more racial discrimination on the basis of skin color. So, yes, I think that is an but intellectually it's not useful starting point for a provocative like discussion the whole, that we need to have in this country. The whole country. point is and the KKK the, the reality, wasn't Dana, just about rhetoric. We have to speak openly. They lynch people. You know, like, Dana Best, you want to freaking run for president? You're just talking over this guy. She is the most mediocre person in the world. I don't know what, whatever. I mean, it's kind of fun, though. I do enjoy these moments somehow because they are just revealed for what they are. Vapid, silly people, intellectually dishonest, and they know nothing, nothing about the pursuit of excellence. This country is dying under its under mediocrity in every respect. And you got little people like this, little people, little people like Dana. Dana, well, you said that that's an unfair. It gets worse. Keep going. People, they raped people. They burned their and homes. And that was wrong. Simply that was because obviously wrong. So wrong. Okay. Obvious, so that, that, again, that is obviously a wrong. If you thing want to have an intellectual discussion, do, do you think that maybe comparing her to the Grand Wizard and and the the notion of what she said to being a modern leader of the KKK was maybe a step too far? Or you stand by what you said? I stand by what I said. Yes. To Keep going. An open and honest discussion in this country, because there is a gap, Dana, between what people will say in private today and what they will say in public. I think we need to close that gap. I think we need to have real, open, honest, raw conversation as Americans. That is our path to national unity. And there are many Americans today who are deeply frustrated by the new culture of anti-racism. That's really racism in new clothing. And we need to have that debate in the open. Dan, I think I'm that not you're so doing, sure how um, with provoking respect, a discussion what many in the media do of picking on <laughs> picking on some fringe comment in the context of a broader context that I was offering it in a speech. All right, so you just said that your comment issue. was fringe. Let's have the courage to confront the meat of that. You, no, I'm saying you drew a you fringe just comment from a your much comment longer as speech as I describe my that would, I describe you picking one fringe comment from a long speech that I gave to duck debate from the real issue that I think you don't want to have, Dana, because I think you probably agree with me on this, that this is toxic I think that this debate, from leading politicians I think that this debate on dividing is, us on the basis of race. And I want to have I the open debate. I think this debate is fascinating and interesting and opening and, 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 and important. What, what I did was I do too. explain to our viewers that you were asked a question and you took it to a point where you called a sitting member of Congress who is black who was having discussions about race, calling her the modern grand wizard of the KKK. And I'm just not sure how that's open and honest discussion. I want to move on, though, to another issue, a very important well, issue. And that uh, before is I move change. on, I, I want to say that the sure, question was, please. how was I actually able to speak? And her view is I can't share certain views because my skin color is brown. I disagree with her, and we should have that debate in the open. Good for him, damn it. Wow. Now, you notice she got all excited. Oh, a fringe comment. Well, number one, did you hear, like, the reverence she had in her voice? How you could say such a thing about a black female sitting member of Congress? What's so special about that? It's also known as a a politician, right? Is that fact that she's black, we're supposed to not have free and open conversations? A woman? That's how Dana looks. You can tell she's got a stick-up heard something or other uh she's very very uptight right and a lot of folks are in this new and so she instead instead of fighting the mob calling out the mob 
she has joined the mob and goes around and trying to enforce this these artificial standards of correctness, political correctness, of racial virtuosity. Uh, that was something to uh, behold. And then uh, then it's on to climate change, and he was even better on that. So, um, And she did get excited. Oh, so you admit it's fringe. It's fringe. Now, if you look up fringe in the dictionary, it has multiple meanings, but uh, lately it's associated, you know, fringe political groups, right? Fringe. People on the outer edges, extremists sometimes. You know, you could say that's a fringe group. Sometimes they'll say, well, they're a fringe offshoot or fringe. You know, white supremacy is fringe. Okay. But he was saying it was a fringe comment. And if you look it up, it means an outer edge, margin, or periphery. All right? Peripheral, marginal, secondary um, in relation to something else. So he was just saying it wasn't the heart and soul of his speech. And she was like, oh, you said friend. And sure enough, the fake news were at all kinds of headlines. He admits that he said comments that were fringe, as in fringe politically. No, he meant fringe to his overall speech. But anyway, he's, everybody can see it. That's the thing that she hasn't figured out, actually. Um, what's her name again? Dana. She's just writing this for the Associated Press, so they'll write a story, which they did. But the audience, meanwhile, which is minuscule, is like, what in the hell are you doing? This guy's kicking your ass. Well done, I know there may be some work to do with Vivek, but he's on his way. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ooh. Polling shows that Chris Christie did the worst, the worst of the debate. It was pretty funny watching him squirm on that show, ABC This Week, which he used to be a guest on. Now they're like, yikes, they felt sorry for him. Remember he was running around saying what a great debater he would be and nobody's going to be on, on that stage like me and... Oh, yeah, already? Yeah? All right. Here, actually, listen to this question. I mean, talk about us. <laughs> Kick the guy when he's down, but he deserves it. Go ahead. Governor, I want to go. That I, is not going to be the main thing that it, they don't understand the way politics works. Well, you faced very loud boos in that room, and our poll of Republican debate watchers saw your favorability rating rise double digits, but also had you as the candidate who performed the worst. Stop it first. Did you hear what she said? Your favorability rised, raised, went up double digits. But everybody saw you do the worst? How is that true? They're just trying to make him feel, give him something to feel good about. Everybody knows he lost. Everybody knows that he said he was going to crush everybody. Your favorability went up double digits, but everybody says you lost the debate. That can't be. Those two things can't be true. Unless it's a phony, baloney, ludicrous poll, and, um, well, a lot of them are. Uh, let's see here. Jim, upstate somewhere, Croton on the Hudson. That always sounded like such a fancy place. Is it, Jim? Hi, Greg. It's, it's Tim, Timothy. All right. They got you. I got a note here that says your name is Jim. Um, sorry. That's What's okay. up? Close, close enough. Greg, I'm, I'm moving away from all the controversy for a minute. I've been trying to get you since November to wish you a happy birthday for the Marine Corps. My dad was a combat Marine of the Pacific in World War II. And uh, one of the nicest uh, moments, I think, of my life was to get him together with Bill Gallo. Do you remember Bill Gallo, the New York? Oh, sure, yeah, the cartoonist and the editorial guy. Yeah, great guy, great man. I knew him well. What a wonderful man. And he was on, uh, Bill Gallo was on Iwo Jima the day that uh, John Bassalone was killed. And Bassalone had already won the Medal of Honor. And he told my dad and I when we met that uh, it was the lowest point, lowest day of his life. 
And just to sit and listen to those two Marines talk about the Pacific was a wonderful thing for me. So happy birthday to you. I'm late. <laughs> well, you're uh, early. You they are early. It's in November. And I think today, well, actually. I'm early. Uh, well, that's very nice. I'm Thanks for I, what? I go to my father's grave site and put a flag on his grave because he asked me to do that. And I found Bill Gallo's grave. He's also in Gate of Heaven Cemetery. In Valhalla, so oh, Gate of Heaven Cemetery, Gate of Heaven Cemetery. A lot of lot of famous people are buried up there. Who did I see recently? Oh yeah. Well, Babe Babe Ruth, Ruth, right? Yeah, Babe Ruth is up there. All right, and your dad. uh, Thank you, Jim, very very much. Happy birthday. Uh, Nice, nice. uh, Yeah, Bill Gallo. What a great guy. Also had the most elaborate train set, I think, in uh, the country. Had a great great railroad down there in the basement. uh, do one more here. Let's try Chris. Yes. Hey, Greg, how are you? Fine. What's up? Uh, I think uh, if you could just tell Trump to do a commercial geared to the Democrats and, you know, basically telling them that you were told to hate me for four years for putting the country first. And then go and then show him the inaugural speech where he calls out the deep state and the corruption and the country going back to the people. You know, Chris, I couldn't agree with you more. At the right time, I really want Trump to say out loud, I'm talking to the Democrats now. I want you to hear me. I want you. I'm not talking about Nancy Pelosi. I'm talking about you, wherever you are. I'm talking about you and your life and your family. This is what I stand for. And you don't have anything, anything to be afraid of with me. I will protect your rights. I will protect. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you look like. This is what I believe in. I think at the right time, if he starts talking to Democrats, it's the same message. It's not like he's got to, you know, bend over backwards and come up with a new message. It's just like, listen to me. I'm talking to you. I think that's a great idea, Chris. I really do. I've said it out loud. I even kind of said it to him the other night. Because he said, "I got to be the president of all the Dem- all the people, not just uh, not just conservatives, not just Republicans, but Democrats." And at the right time, I think he can do that. That's a great thought, Chris. And I'm with you. When did you get that? That's a very sensitive thing to uh, observe. I've had that for a while. All right. I have a few other commercial ideas too. Well, we'll have to leave it at that one for now. I, 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 I just, uh, but that's a good one. That's a very good one. Uh, nominee, so I'll call you then and discuss. All right, keep it in, keep keep us uh, keep us uh, keep us in the loop. All right, how are we doing on time? Okay, one more. All right. Oh goodness gracious! Somebody wants to come up and badmouth uh, some friend of mine. That's not going to happen. Somebody else wants to uh, say I'm great job the other night. Well, thank you, but uh, I think that's already been established by me and well by others. All right, there's the music. We'll take a quick time out. And also, does this week feel weird? Last week of the summer. What a shame. But it's also, well, kind of beautiful. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, get on with it. Impeach the guy. Impeach him. Uh, Trump is right. He's like, come on. They they did it willy-nilly with me. We've got really dynamite stuff on Joe Biden. Uh, the border is one. You know, it's in his, uh, it's part of his real responsibilities is to secure that border from invasion. It says it right in the Constitution. One of the things that he has to do, one of the things that we have a right to, a country free from invasion. That is clearly happening down there. Uh, you know, it's funny. That's a focal, that's a central part of his job. It's actually written down, part of the president's job description. Um, and he's not doing it. Yet, you know what they did not talk about, our founding fathers? Transgender youth sports leagues. 
Okay, they didn't talk anything about that. Yet Joe Biden is obsessed with those matters, obsessed. And yeah, he thinks that uh, transgender. Um, well, first of all, the drag queen should be hanging around uh, public schools, uh, reading to kids, which is totally b- beyond perverse. It's totally criminal. It's totally criminal to have these people in there. I mean, look, I'm. I'm <laughs> you can include me. Anybody who's not a uh, certified teacher should not be hanging around schools. All right, you can't have. I'm not going to go and read books to the kids. Neither are you. Let the teachers do it. Let the teachers do it. Let the teachers teach. Um, so uh, the impeachment thing is gathering some momentum, but don't forget what I said in the first hour. And it's going to, doesn't matter. Impeachment is symbolic. Oh, judge to Trump lawyer, take the temperature down. Judge to Trump lawyer, take the temperature down. What the hell is that? The judge said to Trump lawyer, John Lauro, take the temperature down. How about you, judge? How about you, Department of Justice? You're the guys who are throwing one of the most beloved political figures in the history of this country. You're trying to put him in jail. That automatically raises the temperature. That's on you and the corrupt DOJ, not him. And you want the trial to start. You get this? You know the January 6th trial for Donald Trump, the Jack Smith prosecutor, right? Judge uh, Chutkin, they just came out. They want that trial to start on March 4th. Number one. Not nearly enough time to prepare, even though it's a scam case. And I think the way out of this is going to the Supreme Court somehow and listening to Mark Levin. He says there's a way to go to the Supreme Court that could like preempt all of this stuff, maybe. Um, but he, that, that's the day before Super Tuesday. <laughs> election interference. Anybody? Yeah. Election interference. Uh, that's, uh, that's what's happening here. And everybody, excuse me, everybody knows it and it happens, but. They can get away with it. We can't. Now, I want to do this. Um, oh, first, I'll do the poll. Do you know that two-thirds, two-thirds of the Democrat Party? No, I'm sorry. Give you Three-quarters, more than three-quarters of the Democrat Party don't want Joe Biden to run. They say he's too old. He's lost his own party. They're just going through the motions now. This cannot be sustained. It won't be sustained. It's going. To, it's, it's unraveling right now. You turn on the TV, you turn on CNN, you turn on MSNBC. They're pretending that everything's normal with Joe Biden. It's not. It's, I know, in the White House, they are panicked right now. They are panicked. And they're trying to figure out who's going to go down with them, who's not, who's going to save their own skin, who's next, how do we get in with that. Um, and by the way, you know, uh, yeah, I already said my piece about uh, Gavin Newsom, uh, vapid, pretty boy. Absolutely nothing going on with him. Career politician. Just wanted to be famous from uh, the age of four. You know, saw saw a, a glimpse of a politician when he was a kid. Saw all the attention. Saw the microphones. Ooh, that could be me. That could be me. And just drawn to power. Drawn to power. I don't think he becomes president. Maybe he becomes the nominee. But there's one great big reason why he can't be president. And that is, begins with a C, ends with an A. California. California. The only reason why Republicans, you ever, you ever notice we used to have Republican governors in California? Uh, we've had plenty, actually. Some of the most famous ones, some of the most effective ones. Ronald Reagan, Republican. Um, who else? A guy named Duke Magian. Duke Magian, not Dukakis, Duke Magian. Uh, interestingly enough, he graduated from St. John's Law School, uh, right here, right here in Queens. Uh, who's the other one? Uh, Pete Wilson. Pete Wilson. That's, um, wasn't that long ago? It was like twenty years ago. But now that the country, the, the the they have crammed so many people uh, from other parts of the world and given them citizenship or allowed them to vote, 
there's a good chance you'll never see a Republican, um, a Republican candidate or a statewide office holder in California ever again. All right. I think I sent you, uh, the Lahana clip. You know, you got to bleep it, right? So, um, the people there are understandably very upset, uh, what happened there. And I did not know this, but there's been a lot of chatter for a long time before the Maui fire that certain billionaires want to take over Hawaii and basically make it their own little private club. Now, that sounds totally crazy, right? Well, did you know that one of the major islands of Hawaii, 96% of the surface area is owned by one guy, and he's a billionaire named Larry Ellison, uh, the Oracle guy, right? Oracle, I never met him. I don't know much about him. I do find it kind of crazy that he owns basically uh, one-eighth of Hawaii. <laughs> I I don't think he should be able to buy that much uh, that much land. Hey, there was a terrible shooting. Oh, that's what that Vivek thing. There was a terrible shooting down there in uh, Florida. And um, the media loves this kind of shooting because uh, they can blame it on white supremacy. And uh, the manifesto. From the shooter, some 21-year-old maniac uh, shot three people. Uh, the, the three people dead happened to be black. Apparently, a manifesto, you know, all kinds of racist, horrible things. Um, nut jobs write down racist, horrible things all the time. You know, of course, what do they do? They try to blame this on Trump. They try to notice that they're not actually doing it as aggressively as they normally do. They also didn't release the name of the shooter uh, right away. Actually, it took them about a day and a half to release the name of the shooter. They released the name of the dead. Why not? Why not the name of the shooter? What would be, possibly be the reason for that? Every time they do these strange things, it makes me more and more suspicious. And the manifesto that they insist is white supremacy stuff, and I hate white supremacy, but all right, let's see it. They won't let us see it. Why not? Oh, wait. The Tennessee manifesto, they wouldn't let us see it. This one apparently checks out as white supremacy, and yeah, read all, read, read all you want. And it is horrible, and it is ugly, and we hate white supremacy, and it is out there somewhere, four guys out in the woods, and I hate it, and if they ever break the law, they should be arrested. A couple of guys in prison, too. Um, but it's just not widespread as, what's his name, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy said, it's, it's kind of like a unicorn. It's just not a factor in people's lives, especially people of color. The media insistent on making it a thing when it's not a thing. Uh, throwing kerosene on this, this kind of racial fire we got going right now. Uh, the media truly are the enemy of the people. And it's, uh, it's terrible. It's just terrible. Now this one lady, she shows up at a city council meeting in, um, in, in, it says Honolulu or Maui and Maui. She has something to say and she says it and she's very suspicious about what's going on. Hey, we only gave 700, and America only gave these people who lost everything $700 a pop. Joe Biden acts like that's a lot of money or something like that. The craziest thing, remember? First, it was no comment. And then he chuckled and laughed. And, you know, then he went there and made all kinds of stupid jokes. And something is not right. Go ahead. We busted our ass. And this is what we get. Nobody called us. Our phones didn't work from five in the morning. The fire was not 10 o'clock when I went to work. The fire was still there. There was no water. Tell me if that's that's coincidence. No water, no warning. And everybody talking about the satellite city before the fire. 
Lahaina going to be the first satellite city. Well, hey, Jeff Bezos, you got what you wanted. Oprah, you got what you wanted. And the guy who owns the nut, you got what you wanted. <laughs> us all over. That's what happened. Okay. We need help in Lahaina. Who's going to come now and ask us, can I pray for you, Addy? Thank you. Can I help you with your paperwork? Because all we got so far was $700, and we don't know who to call or anything. It's culturally insensitive in that zone. Uh, well, wow, she said her piece. Uh, why wasn't there water? Why didn't they blow? It's it's kind of wild, right? They didn't blow the alarms, and there was no water, right? And you have that woke guy, and apparently there is there are people who desperately want this real estate. I don't know what she's actually talking about with the satellite cities. I see that. I think a satellite city is a city that's dedicated to one company. Is that what it is? I'm not sure. Satellite city. I see them all over the place in Hawaii. Satellite city hall. Uh, there's, they call it Satellite City Hall in Honolulu. Does anybody know anything about that? Uh, Gail, hello. Welcome back. Hi, Greg. Listen, I have a couple of points. There will never uh, be a pick. I know. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. I just can't stand it when people announce that they're going to, you know, a couple of points. I just, please don't do that. I apologize. But one point at a time. All right, Gail. All right. And if you don't mind, am I on speaker? Yeah, take yeah, you off. Yeah, well, all right. Why don't we take me off speaker? Okay. Better? Uh kind of still sounds speakerish, but all right, what is your what is your point? Pick one. All right. Number 1, there'll never be a picture of a president past or present that will be even though a mugshot seen around the world in all his glory that will be copied, printed, hung, worn on flags. That's number 1. All right, that's a great point, but actually we already made it on Thursday. Everybody knows that already, and it's already been seen. It's on cups, it's on bumper stickers, it's on T-shirts, it's on websites, it's on that website, this website. It's everywhere. I actually made a picture of myself in the motif of the uh, mugshot the other day. All right, you get one more point, and make it original, because uh, we already know that one. Oh, okay. Do you want the religious one? I don't care. I want the I want the original one, the one that's going to knock my socks off. Oh, you had, well, this you had a whole be, bunch of points. You say you got a couple of points to make. I'm we don't not want Barbara. We, we don't. But... We don't want points from uh, you know last week. So go ahead. Okay, I'm not Barbara, but I do follow different things in the Bible. And the other day, uh, about a week ago, everybody calls me like I'm a psychiatrist. And I said, listen, we have to live day by day. You know, and I love the words day by day. Oh, dear Lord, these things I pray. Yeah, that was a song. That was a song. Remember? By a saint, Richard, in the 13th century. And it became two words that they wrote in God's spell. To see thee more clearly, to love thee more more dearly, dearly, and follow follow me more more nearly day by day. Yes. I know that song. Now, they made that into a song. And I know one person who sang that song was Andy Williams. Andy Williams. Remember him? He he had some great songs. But he also copied a lot of songs. So I think he copied that song by somebody. Day by day song. Let's see who sang that. Uh, it looks like, uh, yeah, Godspell you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, you knew it was a song. But anyway, that's very beautiful. All right, one more point. No, oh, there'll never be a presidential yeah. library with great quotes from Biden or Harris. All right, well, there hopefully won't be a presidential library from Harris because she'll never be president. 
And Biden, yeah, there'll be a lot of gibberish in there. There'll be a lot of uh, uh, drooling and nodding off, but uh, not a hint of greatness. Thank you. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh-oh. Well, the cable channels are freaking out right now. Uh, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, uh, a armed and dangerous person on the campus. What do we have? An active shooter situation. We don't know if he shot anything yet. Uh, James Flippin walks in. He's the news guy. James, what's uh, what's happening there? University hey, of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. That's by Raleigh, I think. Yeah. So what they're saying right now is that there are, in fact, multiple injuries on campus there. This was at one of the labs on campus. Multiple shootings, right? M- well, uh, again, they're saying that the one shooter is in custody. And that there may have been multiple people that were, you know, hit by gunfire. But they also classify it as injuries sometimes early on like this. You don't know if people are getting trampled in the hallway or, you know, other things like that, maybe running from something like this. But uh, we do have the alleged person in custody, alleged shooter in custody. And then this happened at one of the labs there on campus. Oh, terrible. Terrible. All right. We hope everything uh, settles down there and we find out more. What else is going on? Well, connecting back to our area, I don't know if you remember the story from back in February where this councilwoman in New Jersey was shot. Um, there was a suspect yes. out of Virginia. She was Republican, by the way. That's correct. It's one of the reasons why the fake news Democrat media didn't give a damn about that case. So tell us what this happened. This was in Sayreville, New Jersey. So now there's a suspect from Virginia who's been extradited to New Jersey who just pled not guilty today. We're still trying to figure out what the connection or potential motive is here, but they do say that the suspect was in the woman's phone, Eunice Jumfor's phone, had this guy's contact info, and he was also in New Jersey supposedly at the time of the murder. So that's the latest. We don't we don't know exactly what the connection enough, is. sounds guilty to me. I'm only kidding. I don't know. I Entered mean, his plea today. Entered his plea. What What does that mean? They charged him? He pled not guilty, yeah. But they actually charged, they, this is the guy they think did it. Correct. Huh. Um, yeah, I remember when she got shot, that was terrible. She happens to be black and a black Republican, and generally speaking, um, that's kind of rare, to mm-hmm. be honest, comparatively speaking. Right. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't matter. And I just remember there being a paucity of coverage, right? Yes. Very, very little. I think that's fair. And it's just, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't matter now, um, it's all they go through this weird formula about what's news and what's not news. And the uh, the holy grail of news is if it's a black victim and a white perpetrator. Right. That's that's what the that's what the media feels most comfortable with. That's what the Democrat Party actually can somehow exploit, which they often try to do. And people can make money. And it's a shame. I think all life is uh is valuable, of value. What else, pal? Well, sorry that it's so much in the shooting side, but the, one of the stories you're talking about or referring to is in Jersey City yesterday. A uh, guy got shot by a responding police officer who, who was apparently having some kind of mental health crisis, bipolar, uh, you know, maybe manic depressive, something of this nature, schizophrenic, I believe they're saying this guy was. Who, the cop or the no, guy? No, no, the, the, the person who got shot by police was having some kind of mental health crisis, and he went at responding officers with a, with a knife, and he got shot, and he died. Now, there's a lot of pushback from members of the community and this man's family because they're saying, hey, we called me- medical health services. We called the hospital for help. And apparently medical technicians did respond, didn't feel safe, and they called police. Yeah. So then police showed up. This guy comes out with a knife. He shot. And unfortunately, he died. So a, now a the guy with a knife is a threat to uh, everybody, including himself, family members, strangers. First responders, I'm sure they said 
put down the weapon. Oh, we only called the uh, hospital. I mean, okay, well, somebody better have a gun in the mix. Right. If there's a knife involved. Hey, by the way, did you hear about the guy on the scooter? I think it was up in the Bronx, flying down the sidewalk like a maniac. And I think the cop did the human thing to do and arguably the right thing to do. He threw a cooler at him to knock him off the bike. Because you're driving like that. I saw the footage. That's a threat. No one's expecting to see that. So he died. And there's another thing. Has that calmed down yet? Well, I, that particular situation I can't necessarily comment on because I'm, I'm going to have to look in to get the latest on it. But I do know that you're seeing more and more of these videos online where in New York City, on the streets of New York, there's kids on bikes or scooters kind of like going at people on the sidewalk or right along the side of the road. That's a thing now. It's like the new uh, game of chicken. We used to play that get on your brother's shoulders and, you know, in the pool. Right, that was chicken. Right. Now it's riding on the top of subway cars and almost crashing into people on scooters. Thank you. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. Exhibit one, case closed. This case against Donald Trump is totally a sham. Nothing he's ever said comes anywhere, anywhere approaching that criminality you just heard from Chuck Schumer, who was never called out on it, who was never charged, who goes about his merry way. The fake news ignores it. You hear that? Threatening a Supreme Court justice? That's against the freaking law. And he said it. He yelled it, and he was proud of it. And Donald Trump has to go through all this stuff. All right? So that's the threat of violence, very real. And, yeah, people made good on it. They showed up on his lawn, Kavanaugh's lawn, yelling and screaming and jumping up and down and breaking the law and terrorizing Kavanaugh's children. And then some guy gets in his car from California with a whole bag of weapons and drives right to Kavanaugh's front door. Thank God the marshals got him, but he was going to break into that house and chop off Kavanaugh's head and then shoot him. I actually think he wrote that down. He wanted to chop off his head and then shoot him. This guy was really, really mad. Uh, He's safely in custody now. All right, so that's horrible. And this is also horrible of another nature. I mean, this is racism. This is the racism they falsely accuse Donald Trump of. Cut 19. This is Joe Biden. On the Charlemagne uh, morning show, what do they call it? The Breakfast Club show, cut 19. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. I will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want something for my community. Stop for a second. Look at my record, man. Stop, stop, stop. Stop. Uh, (laughs) You heard what he said, right? Okay, just so you know, that is the definition of racism, okay? You look a certain way, you behave a certain way. This is uh this is off the charts bad stuff. And he got away with it. He got away with it. He yeah, uh, you know, he apologized, but in a half-assed way. And listen to this other stuff. Listen to uh, listen to how he boasts, okay? Keep going. Would love to see Take you. Take a look at my record, man. I extended the voting racks 25 years. I have a record that is second to none. The NAACP has endorsed me every time I've run. The war, I mean, come on. 
Take a look at the record. The NAACP has endorsed me. That's his answer. They endorse every Democrat. Has he ever broken his ass, really? Did he? For anything? For anybody? This is a politician who goes through the motions, right? I got this endorsed and that endorsed. It doesn't mean anything. Just words. You uh, vote for Trump, then you ain't black. How about that? So later he apologized. He did apologize. But you know what he said? Again, a half-ass. He said, I was, I'm taking the black vote for granted. I shouldn't do that. And it was very cavalier of me. Cavalier. Doesn't cavalier, think about that word, cavalier. It's very cavalier of me to say, it's almost cavalier to say it was cavalier, right? There should be an abject apology that he's a racist and he should go home. We're going to cancel anybody. I mean, that's about, <laughs> uh, yeah. Hello, Don. What's up? Hey, Greg. Um, Newsmax had no volume this morning before I went to work for All right, about an you gotta, hour. You gotta, I went to work. Call, I come back. All right, call your cable company. I'm, you know, Newsmax, and uh, you know, on WABC Radio now. So, did you call the cable company? Did you call the cable I, company? I, every other, cha- every right, other right, channel right, works. I'm right, thinking I'll make, some. I'll, some, I'll, uh, I'll make some, a note of it. I'm, you know, I like to keep the TV on the TV and the radio on the radio. But I appreciate it, Don. Thank you. Uh, I'll keep that in mind, and uh, please follow up if you can. Rich in Pennsylvania. Thanks, Greg. Um, I got about twenty-five points I want to make. So, can you just sit back there and? Uh, no, I don't like the. Uh, no, no, of course not, Rick. Get a podcast. This guy's a vet. Um, it's first of all, first of all, it's Vivek. All right, I'm telling everybody in the world. Okay, everybody is mispronouncing their name. I know it's Vivek because I asked him point blank. I said, I've never seen this name before. I'm sure it's common in certain parts of the world, but I've never seen it before. How do we pronounce it? And he said, I'm so glad you asked. It's Vivek. All right. So let's all get his name straight. All right. Okay. So I'm, I'm trying to read him. I wasn't giving him much credence until you started liking him. And I'm, I think I figured something out. He's doing great and he is very good at what he does, but he went ahead and said something uh, about defunding Israel and giving up Taiwan and everybody's yelling and screaming about that. But I think that may have been a very clever move on his part because it was before the debate. And I think he was trying to pull away from Donald Trump. And I think at the same time, it might be appeasing some of the Democrats and the um, the crazy uh, Democratic part of the party that does want to defund Israel and does want to appease China. And I think it was a pretty good move. Well, I, I, I don't know if he's playing. Uh, that sounds like three-dimensional chess to me. We love Israel. Israel needs to be supported, and I believe he needs to come around on that issue. Is he, is he playing footsie with the far left? I don't know. Uh, thanks, Rich. Sorry, we're not going to get the other 25 points. But he is a, uh, a remarkably uh, cool dude. I'm, impre- I'm impressed. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I know. He's, he's making some mistakes. And he certainly had too good a time at that debate, you know, laughing and giggling and uh, smiling. He was very much, he was confident because he knows he is smarter than these people and he's running circles around them, especially Mike Pence. Mike Pence has been in politics uh, since like 1997. This guy got into politics seven weeks ago, basically. All right, seven months. I think he got in in uh, February and he's better at it. I think he was like, wow, I'm really good at this. This is exactly where I belong. And he got a little bit giddy. He got a little bit carried away with himself. Um, but I, you know, I, I understand that. I really don't engage in that kind of, uh, Ooh, you know, he's doing this for that and this for that. I, I, I don't know The political people do that all the time. And, uh, 99% of the time they're wrong. They're just filling time and that's fine. That's fine. They got to fill it. They got to fill up their websites and all that kind of stuff. 
We do want to say that uh, Brian Kilmeade, who you hear here on WABC, did a great job in tracking down Shokin and interviewing him. Uh, Shokin, the prosecutor who was fired by Joe Biden, <laughs> kind of. I mean, he went around bragging about it, that he got that, that prosecutor fired. The story is somewhat confusing if you uh, don't follow it closely, but Shokin was the state prosecutor who was investigating Burisma. Uh, everybody in the fake news says falsely that he was thoroughly corrupt. That's not true. Basically, everybody's a little bit corrupt in Ukraine, but I don't think I think Shokin was a good guy. And they invented this narrative that somehow he was a bad guy and needed to go. But you can tell the documents have been found. Shokin actually was solid. He was making progress. Um, we have it on tape that Poroshenko fired him just because he was doing a favor for Joe Biden. He said that out loud to Joe Biden. I found nothing wrong with what he is doing, but as a favor for you, that's not a good Russian or Ukrainian accent, but he said, I will do this for you. I will do this for you. I will do this as a favor for you, right? Uh, and what was Joe getting for that? He, Joe got Hunter's money. I mean, that's, it's really, really simple in that regard. Uh, some of the other Ukraine stuff. Hey, one of the reasons, you know, Rudy was, um, Rudy Giuliani, one of my heroes, you know, one or two TV appearances, uh, like on Chris Cuomo, who was totally wrong about everything. Rudy may have been frazzled for 10 seconds, but one of the reasons why, you know, Rudy, he needed help. I mean, help from the fake, the media should have been doing what Rudy was doing. Rudy went over to Ukraine. Reporters don't do that anymore. That's a dirty little secret. You know what they do? They sit in their house in Brooklyn, tweet all day long, talk to their friends, um, try to outsnark everybody, make sure that they don't uh, engage or uh, raise the ire of the left because they're very, very online. The nightmare scenario for these people who write for the New York Times or Politico or anything like that is for their readers to get mad at them. And then all hell breaks loose. They so they care so much about what people say about them online. I urge you, by the way, hey, we got to do a couple of things. Remember, we're not all passive here, okay? You can't just call it. And Sandra, you can't just call uh, an, an office and, and give your opinion. You got to follow up with a letter. Phone calls are meaningless. Social media is, is, is kind of de rigueur, I think is the, uh, the French phrase. You gotta do it, but it doesn't really make all that much of a difference. You gotta write. You gotta write a letter. You gotta, and you gotta give money. I'm not telling you who to give money to, but you should give money to your candidate of choice, your political action committee of choice, your party of choice. And a thousand of you folks out there giving, a thousand of us giving ten bucks each. Um, how much is a thousand people giving ten? That's ten thousand dollars, right? Right? Yeah. Uh, that's, wait, is it? Yeah. Uh, no. Shoot. Uh, yeah. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, oh man, why am I so confused? Uh, all right, whatever. Ten people giving a thousand dollars is better than one person giving ten thousand dollars. Do you know what I mean? Sandra, it's your turn. Welcome back. Greg, thank you. Um, if you give me an, a name and an address, I got my letter all Oh, now Sandra, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Come on. Come on. You can I got to give you a name and an address for what? For what? Started. Give me one name and one address, and then I'm not. No, 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 no. This is up. You, you, you're a smart person. You, I can't tell you, and I'm not going to tell you what cause. All right, that's for you to figure out. All right, but you know, you pick up the phone, you call the radio station. That's great, but you pick it. It it, it evaporates. It doesn't move the proverbial needle. Oh, and somebody last week was asking me 
about how to give to Rudy. This I will say, and I think it's fair. Can I talk about the Rudy address? Sure, we can, right? Um, if you want to give money to Rudy's defense fund, uh, there's a way to do it. I have that address here. I'm going to find it. And, you know, because he's got a lot of legal bills, and it's very unfair what he's going through. Very, very, very unfair. And um, if you're thinking about uh, donating to the Giuliani Defense Fund, it's the Giuliani Defense Fund, P.O. Box 309, 3300 South Dixie Highway, West Palm Beach, Florida, 33405. Check. Please check. You can also go to RudyGiulianiFreedomFund.com. RudyGiulianiFreedomFund.com. Or you can write a check and send it to Giuliani Defense Fund, P.O. Box 309-3300 South Dixie Highway. You spell Dixie, D-I-X-I-E, 3300 South Dixie Highway. West Palm Beach, Florida, 3405. Did you get all that, Sandra? I did get that. And what? I think my first letter then I would send to Kevin McCarthy, and then I'll figure out how to go from there. But I wanted to say something about, if you don't mind, um, Ron DeSantis. He made a stupid mistake. Remember how Hillary called us deplorables and how upset we all got over that? He said something very similar. He called us listless. Um, vessels, and he went on to say, anyone who follows Trump only is a listless supporter, I mean, a listless vessel. So I think that he did retract his steps. He kind of said he meant it to go to the uh, rhinos in Congress, but he did say it, and that wasn't nice, and it did get people very angry. And then I had a question. It got you very angry? I can't even picture you very angry. Come on. You're going to get me very angry. It got people. How dare he call me a listless vessel? What's a listless vessel? Um, all right. What's the other thing? Then I got to go. Okay. I, I heard this morning from a very reliable source, and I want to know, is this allowed, that Jack Smith pays regular visits to the White House? Now, isn't he supposed to be neutral and all this? All right. You're thinking about somebody else. His name is um, Bat. Aaron Bat, I think his name is. And he's a deputy to Jack Smith, not Jack Smith himself. And uh, those visits were absolutely outrageous. And we believe evidence of uh, that Joe Biden is actually and Joe Biden's team there running and directing this prosecution. And, uh, yeah, thanks for reminding me. I saw that uh, over the weekend. He never should have been uh, within miles of the White House. And there he was making appointments with the deputy council, the White House council and uh it's uh, sig- evidence of significant misconduct. Thank you, Sandra. Be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, so what do we say about Bob Barker, huh? Bob Barker, dead at the age of 99. Everybody, of course, watch The prices of Right. Price is Right. The Price is Right at some point in their day and age. Hey, do we have the theme of The Price is Right? It happens to be one of the best theme songs uh, for a game show ever. It's still current. I think they still use the same, uh, theme, you know, and the, the, the showcase showdown and come on down and all that stuff. See what I mean? When I was a kid and if I had bad dreams, hey, pump up the volume. Um, 
I would think of this song while I was having bad dreams. Like, there can't be monsters when this kind of stuff exists. There's normal stuff going on. How can there be monsters with all those people having a good time and listening to this music? I don't know much about him other than he wore beautiful suits. He once dated the uh, one of the models there. You know, the girls. After his wife died, he kind of dated a few of them. He was in the Navy. I believe he came from the Midwest. And he always seemed like the perfect gentleman. And he had that long, skinny microphone. Remember? Didn't he have a long, skinny microphone? They also used one on Match Game. And uh, what else can we say? After about 15 years of doing that show, though, don't you have enough, right? I mean, there's no real uh, contribution to life that a game show has ever done. I mean, you give something for people to watch during the day, I guess. What else? I mean, you, eh, there are like 100 people work for that show, so that's okay. Eh, whatever, you need game shows, right? Debuted in 1972, that show. And it kept that look for a long time. And there's, you still see little uh, remnants, vestiges, if you will, of uh, of the early 70s. Who hosts that show now? Drew Carey? Is that him? Yeah. And you spin that big wheel. Anyway, very elegant man. And uh, he was also very big into dogs, right? Spay and neuter your dog and cat. I'm getting a little bit emotional. No, I mean, come on. How can you get emotional? He's 99 years old. What a life. And he was able to date some of those girls. Imagine if Pat Sajak got to date Vanna White. That's the same kind of scenario we're talking about. Hey, Vanna White is now in a contract war with those people. You know that? I, if I were her, I'd uh, take whatever I... You know she lives in a $38 million house? Vanna White? She does. She was a guest on The Price is Right a long time ago. And I saw that last night, so I said, hmm. I I also, I often want to know where people live. And I just Google and look at their house. Bigger, where they, I just, I don't know, I find that interesting. And I, I didn't expect her to live in a palace. Vanna White for turning those silly boxes. I don't like that show. Um, I mean, I don't not, uh, I should shut up now, right? Uh, Barbara is standing by. Barbara, welcome back. Sorry about all that. Um, Lay some wisdom on us. Okay. So I heard you talking before about the racial strife and the barriers that are actually being built among races to keep us each in our own track and to keep us fighting each other. And today, of course, is the 60th anniversary of the Civil Rights March in Washington and Reverend Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. And at that time... And I'm old enough to remember that. At that time, that gave such hope and encouragement to all Americans because we all agreed with him that all Americans should be judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. But look where we are now with critical race theory telling us the color of your skin is everything. It determines your place in society. It determines your attitudes, your beliefs, and your your prejudices. And Clarence Thomas, I have a quote from Clarence Thomas that I I know Dr. Martin Luther King would be horrified to hear this. But Clarence Thomas said, when I was a kid, we said that we were precluded from going to certain neighborhoods because of the color of our skin. Now the neighborhoods are the neighborhoods of ideas. You're not supposed to be there because of the color of your skin. 
Wow. Wow. You know what? I hope we can play this speech today. You know, that big speech he made on at, at the Lincoln Memorial and that dream he had about his children being judged content of their character, not the color of their skin. The King family has become extremely greedy uh, about the image and likeness and the words of uh, Martin Luther King. And you got to pay, sometimes you got to pay huge amounts of money. You'll notice that Martin Luther King has kind of been brushed to the side. Uh, the the woke left, they don't like talking about him. I mean, they think that message, like you just pointed out, is so retro, so, you know, uncool, so unsophisticated. Uh, Martin Luther King, can you believe it? Martin Luther King didn't get it when it comes to civil rights, according to today's civil rights movement. Isn't that isn't that insane? Barbara, thank you for bringing that to our attention. Everything else is good? Everything is fine. I'm just reading uh, our president on our behalf. President Joe Biden wrote an opinion piece for the Washington Post about we must keep marching toward Dr. King's dream. And as I'm reading this, the president is saying what wonderful things he's done for black Americans, that they're benefiting from his Bidenomics, that they're benefiting from his Inflation Reduction Act, etc. Well, when it comes to Joe Biden and race, remember these words. Never forget them, okay? The where is that? Uh, Joe Biden cut nineteen, cut nineteen, squeeze it in. Come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. I a, will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.